Hello, everybody. My name is Tim Atterbury, and welcome to my Redefined in Christ podcast. It's a course-correcting podcast exploring what it means to identify with and live in Christ. So, what do you say? Let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. Well, I'm going to share a little bit today about right and wrong and whether they are opposites or not. This is the last section of my discussion on depolarizing your spirit. So today we'll be discussing the polarizing idea of right and wrong. Like the others that we discussed previously, uh, right and wrong fall in the same territory of, of what we would consider a thinking process of opposites. And most of us would think that they are opposites, but as you've discovered in the other podcast, what we call opposite, especially when we're talking about equally opposing opposite, is kind of how our mind puts these things. We'll find out that our thinking is incorrect, and especially when we're talking about a spiritual realm. In the spiritual realm, it's, it's quite different. So let's look at what they mean. Some teach that right and wrong are always relative to the person. Like a right or wrong action is only right or wrong in the mind of the people who are judging the actions to be right or wrong. <laughs> Let's rewind that. That was kind of fast. Let's look at it this way. Some people teach that right and wrong are always relative to the person experiencing it. The person experiencing the thing is the one that decides the right or wrong. So, that will mean whoever is doing the judging is correctly judging whether something is right or wrong. So, in short, right or wrong are decided in the eyes of the observer. Now, really, would you ever believe that? Yes. Your answer is yes. Most people do believe that way. But when we're talking here in the spiritual realm, we know that truth is absolute. God is love. This is absolute. God is life. This is absolute. God is light. This is absolute. All of these things are correct, or what we would say, right. Some believe when something is right or wrong depends on the timing. They view it in a broader scope such as over years or even hundreds of years. They say what is right or wrong has the ability to change because of culture or religion. An example would be laws that change or cultural behavior such as the view of slavery in the past. Often behaviors are acceptable in one culture but to another are not acceptable. This makes it <clears throat> sorry, this makes it right or wrong for the other. Of course, again, based solely on those who are experiencing it as right or wrong. Well, I don't believe right or wrong are so fragile. 
just because someone believes it to be right or wrong is not good enough for something that is absolute, such as the love of God. God's attributes never change. So when we're talking about right, we're talking about what is correct in God, which is righteousness. Righteousness can be assigned in various ways to men as God wills to assign it or reveal it. For our time, he has chosen not to hold trespasses against us, but chose to reconcile us, not by law, but by his grace. This came about after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So how do we know the difference between right or wrong? Well, is it really all up to debate? No, it's not. As Christians, we have an established parameter to determine what is right and what is wrong. Where there is an absolute truth, there is correct judgment. Therefore, an action can be judged right or wrong on that basis. Hmm. So if we can judge, we, we must do it based on the laws of love, life, and faith, and other principles laid out by the writers of the New Testament. However, our judgment must be cautiously made. Why? It's simple. Only those who make the law and understand the law can truly judge the law. And I, for one, have learned that I don't understand the law of love and faith to hold someone else accountable. I leave this to the hands of God. I can only lean on the Holy Spirit in me to work out my own salvation, like it says in Philippians 2.12, with fear and trembling. It's a serious matter to choose eternal life or death, and it's a serious matter when we judge others after being warned so much against it. That's something we're going to talk about in another podcast. But let's get back to the idea of right or wrong being opposites. So again, we're used to thinking in opposing forces. Remember, we've been talking in the last three episodes about polarizing words and how to think differently. Now we're faced with two very common words, and they represent the way we think. We naturally think through right and wrong. In Christianity... There's a strong habit of telling others what is good and bad, right and wrong. Unfortunately, judgment can be off. Because of this idea of judgment, it is my opinion that we often miss the truth. Truth is found through Jesus. Judgment is found through understanding perfect law. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal it to us. We can only know it in part here on this earth. This is why we cannot judge properly what is right and wrong. So if we aren't judging others for their sin, who is? No one, at least not for now. The action of Christ on the cross and through his resurrection has established the law of love and life, and it ends there. It has been done. And in the future, when judgment comes on the world in the end, it will be based and done on what God did for the world through Jesus Christ on the cross, whether we accept that truth or not. The Bible says Jesus died for our justification. The word means and is also translated as righteousness or right standing. What is right? For us, it is that which is made right in Jesus. So, 
if you look at the scriptures, you can find that you are the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. How did this happen? Well, I believe we have mentioned it in another podcast, but Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2 helps us understand the process of how we were declared righteous. It says, We have also obtained access through Him by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Notice we have been declared righteous by faith, obtaining access through Him by faith into grace. That's, that's a good section of scriptures to meditate in in 2 Corinthians 5. I love that chapter. It's become one of my favorites to study, especially during, throughout, throughout these podcasts that I'm doing on Redefined in Christ. You see, when I write these podcasts, I do it in hopes to stimulate your spiritual growth. There may be some places you may not understand or disagree, but in the end of it, all it prompts you to study right and then that tells me I'm doing my part as a teacher I impart knowledge I challenge knowledge and I encourage with knowledge I have so if you disagree I'm okay with it I only encourage you to listen closely study the verses consider the ideas we don't grow because of present knowledge we grow because of new knowledge presented to us it comes from the Holy Spirit in us working through us and Him using others to guide us at times. I'm not asking you to figure that all out. Throughout these podcasts, I'm slowly introducing ideas about your position in the spiritual realm. Understanding what took place on the cross and how it changes us is the gospel, the good news. But I feel many of us have missed it. Why? Religion. Rules and regulations that try to teach us how to live right when, in fact, they're leading us away from the work of the cross, often leading us into things that aren't even the, the spiritual truths. Knowing what, what took place on the cross sets us free, abundantly free. Anything that can help keep us in chains will try to do so, including religion. We'll be digging into what it means to be born again and live free of judgment and to stand, understand what sin is and how it tries to destroy the work of the cross. So it'll be over the next few episodes. But knowing you are made right by Jesus is a powerful revelation. On the cross, Jesus took away the sin of the world and chose not to hold your trespasses against you. And the action puts you in right standing with God. For those who choose not to see this, they will be condemned because they choose to walk in darkness and not the light. For those who accept the good news of what Jesus did for them, they will live forever by the grace of God and faith in God. This is the miracle God performed in us. He set us free from sin. Is that so hard to believe? Well, it can be. I guess that depends on how much faith you really have in believing that truth. But let's get back to the theme of right and wrong. It's in the eyes of the beholder is what the world says. And although you may have thought this 
that in this world, right and wrong balance each other out. It's a changing world of rules. How, how does it ever balance? And in the spiritual realm, there is right and just, and there is condemned. This truth doesn't change. When Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he judged the world as just, putting it all back together for the Father. He reconciled us to God through his one act. And 2 Corinthians 5 talks about that. I know it's hard to grasp and understand. I'm not sure we could ever understand while living in this natural realm. But we do not have to understand everything. We only have to listen to the Holy Spirit and let Him reveal the truth to us. As truth is revealed by the Holy Spirit through the perfect law of God, we will understand more and more how to walk in the right standing and live a life set free from sin as planned by Jesus. I do want to say here that I don't teach sin-free living as if we never do wrong. Did you see what I did that with wrong? <laughs> uh, I teach that our spirit is born again and our soul will be saved through faith and grace. Hmm. Jesus set us free from the power of sin over us. We will discuss what constitutes sin in a future podcast. However, we are still in this carnal, natural, bent toward evil, cursed, fallen human flesh. The Bible calls it an enemy of the Holy Spirit and His work in you. Romans 8, 7. So we will always be tempted, drawn away, and ignore, even if for a moment, what Jesus did for us on the cross through His resurrection. James lays out the formula of sin in James 1, 15. We'll look at that in a few minutes. In a study of scriptures, it becomes clear that we don't have to live a lifestyle of darkness, following our carnal minds. We should continually repent of any of our carnal thoughts and put on the mind of Christ daily. We must allow Him to live through us by exemplifying His love and forgiveness and demonstrate the heart of the Father toward the lost. Remember what Jesus said? All of the commandments can be summed up in this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your brother as yourself. It's in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. So I believe sin finds its existence in an unbelieving heart and in a rebellious spirit. Like I mentioned, I will define sin in a future broadcast, but for now I guess we could say it is living in a state of carnality, or more commonly known as unbelief. We are told by Jesus, those who do not believe are condemned to eternal damnation. There are behaviors of sin that are an extension of this carnal and unbelieving state of the mind. They come in many forms, many named in the New Testament. Be assured, they who do not believe will not find their justification in the cross and will face an eternal death. We have all been set free from sin. But we must realize we are made right by Jesus and face the consequences of our unbelief. Wow, that, that may sound harsh, but it's true. At least as I understand it. <clears throat> However, it's the only course for those who refuse to see Christ as He said He is and as He did what He said He did. Anyone who is unbelieving of the work of the cross... 
Anyone not believing that it set us free from sin and death is being fooled, deceived, lied to, and their unbelief has conjured up a lifestyle of sin in their mind which they play out in their everyday behaviors. So how is this sin brought to life in them? Well, the Bible says when we are tempted and act on it, it will produce sin and eventually death. Let's go ahead and look at what James says in this letter. James 1, 14 and 15. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. Then after desire is conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So let's look at that order. You're drawn away and enticed by your own evil desires. This is an action of the mind, brain, body, chemistry, emotions, etc. Look, then the second thing is the desire is conceived. So you're acting it out in the mind, planning and preparing. Then sin is birthed. That means you've acted upon your carnal thoughts and practicing them. Sin gives birth to death. That is, spiritual death comes as one walks into darkness and lives that lifestyle, fulfilling the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and loving the world more than the light, according to Jesus, John three sixteen through 20. It's worth a read. So anything not right or not believing... We are justified in Christ. Reconciled to God through the cross will put us in the position of wrong. But what is wrong? Well, it's simply being unjustified. Which can only happen because of unbelief. So in the framework of spiritual things, we can say it is not accepting the work of the cross. So wrong would be a spiritual position of unbelief. You get that? Right is in right standing wrong is in a position of unbelief well James 4 17 says so it is a sin for the person who knows to do what is good and doesn't do it oh my goodness that's how we have sin in our lives because when we practice the things of our own flesh lack of faith not practicing something in faith and making a decision to do it then to us it's sin and we have to repent of these kind of ideas and thinking patterns. Proverbs 14.12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So, what we think on the earth in the natural flesh is right often isn't right at all. <clears throat> Romans 13.10 says, Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of of the law. So love doesn't do wrong. Huh. This is a little tricky because God is love. And when we receive his love, we are one with him. And when we're living and acting out according to his way, according to the spirit and living that life, then wrong is an impossibility for us. Because we are found in right standing with God. You understand? That it, it's like everything else. It falls into the same boat of deception and lying. In all of these verses, it should not come as a surprise that in this podcast, as I try to lay out an opposite for right, it seems that the opposite is sin and leads to death. 
So when we were talking about right and wrong, spiritually speaking, we were talking about life and death. Your right standing spirit will lead you to eternal life. Your wrong choice to not accept the truth leads to death. We could then say wrong is an unbelieving action. And right is a position. So how can they be opposites? Choosing to ignore Christ and the cross is choosing to walk away from the right standing, the righteousness given by Christ to us freely. When we walk away from God, we walk away from truth. We walk away from love. And we fall in the arms of darkness and death. We are children of God. We are adopted by God. And we are the righteousness of God. Ambassadors here in His place to be the light in the world and share the good news of our freedom and salvation in Jesus Christ. This is our right position. So over the last few weeks, we've talked about terms like love and hate, light and dark, and now right and wrong. Thinking in terms of opposite, in the end, lead us to believe that the devil is the opposite of God. How absurd. We must always realize the spiritual realm does not follow the rules of the natural realm. Most of what we would consider opposite of truth, such as right, just, and forgiveness, is not opposite, but doesn't really exist. Anything opposite these things is really a lie and therefore is absence of the truth. I believe we've talked about truth, lie, and how they are not opposites either. So, so not living in Christ is living in darkness, which is condemning us because we're pursuing the deception and lies of the devil. I'm getting back to the same point on every one of these broadcasts. It seems like the last few, every time we talk about it, these equally opposing forces, we end up with there is God who is love and there is a deception and lie which is condemnation. And this all happens in our own minds, how we receive these things, how we perceive them. So we have to realize that, that in our minds, this is where sin works. This is the deception that we're walking around in. And we have to, to move out of it and understand there is a truth. And the truth is Jesus died for the world and rose for the world so that we would not have trespasses held against us anymore. And it's up to us to believe or not. And as we walk in it, we either walk in the light of that and live sin-free in the sense that we have power over sin and that sin cannot be birthed in us, or... We're living in a deception and a lie will lead us to condemnation. I was just reading today how God forgave us all our trespasses and erased the certification of debt with, with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. That's in Colossians uh, 2, verse 13 and 14. That's an awesome verse. Let me say that again. God forgave us all our trespasses and erased the certificate of debt which it's, with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. Not only that, earlier in the chapter it tells us we were buried with Him in baptism and raised with Him through faith. All of this happened to you and to me at the cross. Yet we experience it today. 
How is it all possible to understand? I don't know. It's, it's not. But we begin by realizing every past and present kind of collide in a spiritual mind. We were forgiven 2,000 years ago, all of us, and we only experience it through faith now. Time becomes a blur in the spiritual realm. Even past, present, and future seem to look different to us. We don't even look alike to each other. Listen to how this says it in 2 Corinthians 5.16. It says, From now on then, we do not know anyone in a purely human way. Isn't that an amazing change that has come over us? We look at things from a spiritual position. We must live life from a new perspective. It only happens through Christ. So, live in the righteousness of Christ every day. Remind yourself of your right position and not your poor decision. Be humble. Knowledge, sorry, be humble and acknowledge to God when you miss the mark and make it right in Him today, daily, every time it happens. Do not let the sin be birthed in you. Faith works through grace, for it is through faith and grace you are saved. And so remember, faith does its work through love. And looking forward to talking to you next week.